Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. All right. So um, this, this morning we have Pastor Kelly preaching. So um, Kelly, can I pray for you as you start? Yeah, let's pray. Jesus, we come before you for Kelly. We just ask, Lord, that you would give her a word that comes from the depth of her soul. We pray, Lord, that this word would not fall um, on, on, so- on ears that aren't ready, but it would fall on soil that is, is ready to grow and to mature. So do whatever you want to do, Father. These are your words, God. Amen. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. It's always a privilege to be able to be up here and speaking. I don't take it lightly, so it is fun. And what's wild is the message that I think that God has put on my heart has been echoed throughout our day already multiple times. From the moment we started, we had a woe in the beginning of our morning, and that is what in our huddle we call a word of encouragement. And the idea was endurance. And we're sitting up here worshiping, and we're talking about refiner, and we're talking about maturity, and that really is, the message that God has put on my heart. But before we dive into it, before we go into it, um, let me pray, and then we're going to open up our Bibles, okay? So God, um, God, I just thank you for who you are, Lord. Lord, I thank you for um, your presence in every moment of my life, even in the ones where I may have not have known it in the moment. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being in the midst and working through all of it, God. God, I pray that the words that are spoken today, like Sam said, are words that um, don't just fall on ears that are not ready to hear. May we all be ready to receive your word and learn and just um, lean in to what you have to say to us today. God, may your will be done, your kingdom come um, on earth as it is in heaven here in this place today. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so we are going to dive into the book of James. The book of James is one of truly my favorite books. Every time I open it, I'm like, James is someone after my own heart. He's a straight shooter. He says how it is. He doesn't shy away from it. When he speaks, it's almost like James is that guy in the Bible where he's like, we're going to get to work. I'm going to have dirt under my nails. Let's go. So if you have your Bibles, open up to James, and we're just going to start reading the very first chapter, and we're going to stay there for a minute, okay? So James 1 says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 disciples scattered among the nations, greetings. So basically he's saying, hey, what's up? I'm here. And then he proceeds, let's go. So then verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If you have notes, circle Face trials of many, ti- many kinds and then testing of your faith. And then I have an underlying perseverance. Those we're going to hone in today. And it says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Mature and complete. Underlying those two. That's important, okay? Not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all who, without finding fault. It will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed in the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. 
Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossom, its blossom falls, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away, even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But which person is, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires, enticed, and after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits in all he created. You can tell already, James, that whole chapter, he said, we're going to go there. I'm going to start this first chapter. We're going to talk about trials. But when we talk about trials, consider it, do you guys pick up on what he said about that? Consider it pure joy. When I read that, I'm like, James, you don't know the trials then. I don't think the trials I'm going for and going through, I want to be joyful in them. Sometimes I want to kick and scream like Lenya does and have my way because I don't want to go through it. But he's saying, no, consider it pure joy. Why? Because as you go through these trials, it is doing something in you. It is requiring you to be wholeheartedly devoted to what God has in store for you, what the trial has in store for you. Mature, so to speak, when the warm, fuzzy feelings of this faith journey fly away. We may come and encounter Jesus and, God, you are so good. Oh my gosh, that felt so good. Like my heart is in it. But what about when it may not feel that way two weeks down the road? Is your heart still in it? Are you still ready to keep showing up and become refined like we were singing, right? When you're refined, you're put through a fire. The things that aren't perfect get burnt away, but when you come out of it, you are more beautiful, more whole, more complete. So what James is trying to go after is wholehearted devotion. And if I could title this message anything, it would be Real Discipleship. And if I could do a subtitle, it should be on there. It is the road to maturity because real discipleship requires you to lean into becoming more mature. What does that look like? We're going to keep finding out. So James is writing this to the church, and he is addressing it. And he is saying, we just read, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Testing in your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be more mature and complete. So to me, when I read that, it's telling me, Okay, to be a real disciple, I'm going to go through trials. I'm not exempt. Just because I say, God, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, it's not going to be all rose, butterflies, glitter, whatever you may think that breeds a happy situation in your mind, right? It's not going to be that way. Real discipleship is going to require resilience. That requires you to stand up, walk, take action. It means that you have to withstand. Trials in the Greek mean an attempt or learn an attempt or to learn the nature or character of something. So when you're going through trials, 
you're actually trying to learn, okay, what's the nature of what I'm going through? What's the nature of me? What's underneath the surface? Is my character still there when I see the other side of that trial? Am I becoming more mature? He is saying, consider it pure joy when you go through trials because you're going to face them no matter what. So what perspective do you have when you encounter the trial, when you go through things? Trials, I can say for me personally, I've said it on the stage, Sam and I walked through miscarriage. It sucks. And in the face of that trial, it's like, okay, am I going to lock in or am I just going to sit back and just let it defeat me? Other people, it's failed attempts to get a job. You're trying to get a job and you just got fired and you have four interviews down the line and you're not hearing anything and you're like, God, where are you? Well, when you're in that trial, are you going to say, God, I'm still going to be joyful in this because you're doing something in me. You're producing maturity, steadfastness, perseverance, or it's an illness. You found out you got something. You go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, something's going on, but we don't have a diagnosis yet. We don't know what it is yet. Like, James, you want that to be joy too? Gosh, James, are you, do you really know? He's like, no, I do. And there's a reason why I'm saying consider it joy. You'll see the fruit. You'll see the condition of your soul expand in this process and become more inclined to the heart of Jesus. Consider it joy. Trials are meant to produce something in you. I wrote down, when a trial does is reveal a character underneath. I just said that, right? But it's saying, consider it joy. We know that. Consider it joy. Consider it joy. But in those circumstances, what you're doing is withstanding the threat to your faith. You're withstanding the lies of the enemy. You're withstanding the great deceiver, the one who is trying to send lies your way and say, you're not worthy. You can't make it through this. That job you wanted, you're not good enough. That illness that you went through, you won't get healing. And it's like, you know what? I am going to consider it joy because I know who I am in the Father. I know my identity in Christ. So I'm not going to say, hey, the enemy, let me shake your hand on that. I'm not going to shake that hand on that lie. I'm not going to agree to that. I'm going to consider it joy and lean into the trial. I'm going to push through. And when you withstand that threat, you're pushing out the doubt. You are pushing out the fear. You are pushing out the anxiety, and you're telling the enemy, nope, not here, not today. You don't get this place. You don't get a say. What my father says is what I believe and what I hold true, and now I'm acting on it. Now I'm agreeing with what he says. It's joy. I'm going to be joyful. It sucks. I'm going to be joyful. Joyful is so different than happiness. Did you guys know that? So different. I just put this this week on my Instagram, and I'm, I remind myself of this weekly and daily. I'm like, okay, Kelly, you're suited for joy. You're clothed with joy. It is what you wear. It is what you embody. Because happiness can come and go in a moment. It's, it's like happenstance. I've said that before. It just, it's a good moment. You're joyful. You're happy. You're happy. And then joyful, it doesn't just come and go and fly around whenever you feel it. Joy is rooted in the Lord. Joy is sustaining. Joy is persevering. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Did you know that? When you embody joy, love, peace, patience, gentleness, you are partnering with God and who he called you to be. So why wouldn't you, in the midst of trial, remember, okay, God, you said to be joyful. You said that I am good, I am worthy, and you want good things for me. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push through this trial and push through. I heard somebody talk about um, the 
the correlation between buffaloes and cows. Did you know that when a cow sees a storm, I mean, we're in Chino, we get the cow analogy, right? When a cow sees a storm, a cow is going to probably run away from the storm. But a buffalo is rooted differently in how they process. A buffalo sees a storm, and they actually choose to go to the storm. That's wild to me. I'm like, buffaloes, what are you missing? It's like, James, what? It, James, come on. Buffalo go through the storm because they want to get through it faster. They know the trial is going to be ended sooner because they're confronting it. They're not just saying, I'm just going to sweep it under the rug and hope it goes away and then trip over that rug later down the road because I never did anything about my trial. Come on. (laughs) The buffalo say, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to keep going. It is producing something in you. A mature Christian then knows how to sing in suffering. Do you know how to sing when you're suffering? Do you know how to sit there and say, God, you're still good? Holy of holies, Lord of lords, King of kings. Refine me. I'm in the refinement process. Okay. But I'm still going to sing. Oh, that's hard. But you still do it because you're being made more mature. In church planting and the process of doing ministry, I can tell you the greatest pathway of maturity and transformation and calling out of like the things that God wants to get rid of me has always, almost always been suffering. Sam and I walk through seasons and it's like, dang Lord, why are we going through that? Dang God, why did you have to walk us through that journey? Why did we have to lose friendships in the process? Why did we have to have conversations that, it just, it's a hard one to have, but I know we're going to be made better for it. God, why do we have to trust your Lord? The Bible says you're going to provide. God, are you going to provide when we don't have a home and we're moving out of the house that we have? And I kid you not, The trial produces something in you. Are you trusting? Are you singing? Because I will testify time and time again. Sam and I were moving out of our home, and we didn't have a place. And there was 150 applications to this house that we were trying to rent. And I kid you, every day I would drive past that house, and I would pray during the girls' nap time. You guys have heard me talk about that. That's my time. So I'm driving, and I'm saying, okay, God, if this is for you and if this is from you, we will get this house. I don't care how many applications there are. God, you are a God of faithfulness. I pray for favor. I pray for blessing. During the trial, are you singing? Are you praising? Are you remembering that he is almighty? And he is, because now we're in that home. So there is testimony and testimony of things. But it doesn't come without pushing through. It doesn't come without trial. So as a disciple of Jesus, you have to see the lens through heaven, the lens of heaven. This is what James is getting after. Are you looking through a lens that God has designed for you to look through? Are you looking through a lens that the world has created for you? Is the world telling you how you have to do things? Or is it the scriptures? Is it this living word right here? My notes are falling out. Is it this It's living and breathing and alive in no ways you could even imagine. I could read it 20 years down the road, the same line, and it's going to pop out to me differently because this is alive. This is rooted in truth. But are you leaning into this? Trials produce perseverance, endurance, steadfastness, and it leads to becoming more mature and complete. The goal is here on this journey that we are in process 
in process to becoming more complete, more Christ-like. So if we're not facing things that our soul needs to go through, well, then our process hasn't started. We're just hoping and wishing, God, when I see you, may I become in your presence more mature and complete, but have you walked that out? Have you leaned into relationship with him? Have you submitted not my way, your way, God? The way I want to do it is not going to work. I've tried my way, and it doesn't work half the time. So perfect and mature is mentioned in the book of James seven times. In Hebrew, keep in mind, I'm, not, I'm going to go back to that. Perfect and mature are mentioned seven times in the book of James. Do you guys know this? the number seven has deep meaning when it's mentioned here? Complete whole, perfect, there is a reason that things are mentioned multiple times in scripture, and the number seven has a meaning behind it. God, James, is trying to say something. Pay attention, mature and complete. That is the goal. Press in. In Hebrew, this word is tamen. In Greek, it's telkos, but all it is saying, wholeness, integrity, balancing your life between what you believe and how you live, because you can come here. Pastor Chris said it last week. You can say, God, I believe you, I love you, you are Lord of my life, but then your actions say that you are a practicing atheist. You say you're a Christian, but your practices show nothing of that fruit. You are an atheist by practice. Orthopraxy. So is your life producing what you say and what you believe is congruent? Sam told me, not everyone's going to remember know what congruent means. Explain it. Congruent means when I get in an argument with Sam and he's all, are you good? Yeah, I'm good. And he knows I'm not good? That's incongruence. It's not lining up. So what you say and what you believe, are they congruent? Are they going the same way? Do they edify each other? Do they mean the same thing? Are you living what you say? James is getting his nails dirty in this, isn't he? He said, I'm coming for it straight out the gate. Let's keep going. So fractured beings, fractured humans that lack wholeness say we love God, but we live differently. Our practice, our orthopraxy doesn't show that. The way we live doesn't show that. Just our mouth, right? Whole beings. You become the kind of person that God intended you to be in the first place. One who bears fruit. One who is joyful. One who is peaceful. Someone who is a non-anxious presence. Somebody who can come into a room and you just know, gosh, the joy of the Lord is upon them. And they're seeking wholeness. And they're surrendering their life and putting out the foot of Jesus and saying, you can have it. Your way is better than mine anyways. So maturity is about a balanced life. Are your beliefs and actions congruent? There's a quote by D.A. Carson that says, to be filled to the measure of all fullness of God is simply a way of saying to be all that God wants you to be or to be spiritually mature. Do you know trials will expose your trust? Trials will expose your trust. Do you trust what God says? The trial is going to tell you. Do you believe what his word says? It's going to expose it. Do you believe in what the doctor says more than what God has told you? Have you taken time, actually, to sit and learn and understand what God has told you? Have you given him an opportunity to even speak? Or are you just listening to the, to the chatter of the world? It happens all the time. I mean, we get here, at the, I get here at the end of my day, and I tell Sam, I love you, but I'm so tired. Let me just relax. And my relax is not sitting in silence. What do I do? 
hold my phone. That's not relaxing. I'm silencing all of the things that I should be actually pouring into my soul, and I'm letting the chaos of the world tell me other things. Do you guys find yourself doing that? Netflix, maybe? All of these things, and it's like we're getting so much information, but what's actually the information that our heart desires and our soul longs? This, right here. So when the trial comes, I know what this says, and I know what it's doing to my soul. So trials will expose your trust. They will expose if you believe if God is who he says he is. So how do we take the stuff that life throws at us, the hard knocks of life, and turn it into maturity, refine ourselves? One, James told us, choose joy. No matter what, choose joy. It is a reservoir of belief that God is who he says he is, and you believe it, and you're choosing to be steadfast and have endurance and keep going through the race and keep battling it out because he knows, you know he has good things in store for you, no matter your circumstance. And two, stay in it. Don't escape. Don't go on your phone. Don't try to silence the noise. Stay in the game. Don't just bounce out and say, I'm out, it's too much. Because if you stay in the game, there is going to be fruit. There is going to be fruit. And then three, remember your why. Why are you moving towards maturity anyways? What's the point? Just to be seen in a certain way? Or is it because you want wholeness? You want fruitfulness? You want to change generations? Break generational curses over your family? You want to set a standard of how you live? Why? Because you want to glorify God. And through that, he is shifting and he is changing and he's turning. So staying produces faithfulness. Show up and remember your why. Bill Drockdom says this. He's spoken here before. He's incredible. Um, he says, faithfulness is showing up when nothing is happening. Are you faithful even when you don't see the miracle come to pass? Or not yet? Are you still faithful to show up? Are you still faithful to endure? Are you still faithful to walk through the process when nothing is happening? Can you be faithful to the promise God has for you even if you don't see it? Charles Spurgeon says this, in shunning a trial, we are seeking to avoid a blessing. When you try not to go through a trial, you're avoiding the blessing. On the other side of the trial, like the buffalo, if you're going to walk through it, clear skies, beautiful blessing. You walk through it, you made it, but there's blessing. If you don't go through it, you don't get the opportunity. You're not presented the space to encounter that blessing, to walk into the provision God had for you, whatever it may be, because you chose to go the opposite way and run. Stay in it. Work through the trial. God is doing something in you. Scripture, said God, scripture says God works all things for good for the ones who love him and according to his purpose. Live, his, live their life according to his purpose. So are you living your life according to his purpose? Are you living your life to what our scripture is telling us? Or are we just saying we believe God, showing up on Sunday, and then we walk out the doors, we do something different? Are we becoming more mature? And I say becoming because it's a process. It's a race that you will keep doing. I still think, and I say this to myself, when you think you've arrived, go back to square one because you haven't arrived. That's your pride talking. Keep learning. Keep growing. Keep becoming more mature because there's so much more that God has in store for you. And then it says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without fault. 
and it will be given to you. Your perspective of God matters. Even in conversation with Lenya, and when she like gets frustrated and angry with me at the end of the day because she had, has had four yo- yogurts within an hour, um, it's not because I'm sitting there saying, Lenya, I really don't want you to have that yogurt because I just don't want you to and I want to withhold things from you and I just, I just don't. It's not that. That's not the perspective. It's like, honey, I see what's going to happen. Trust me. This is not good for you. Your stomach's going to be a wreck later. We're going to be up all night. Four yogurts in an hour. How many have you had throughout the day? It's your perspective. It's not God saying, I'm going to withhold this information. I'm going to withhold things from you. I'm not going to give you what you need. It's, no, I have your best interest in mind. Just trust it. Trust me. The reason you're going through this is not because I'm trying to not give you things of blessing. You're going through a trial because on the other side is the blessing. It's the lesson, right? And so verse 6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. I was just talking to Haley outside the other day and I was like, dang, Balboa Beach, I'll never go there again. When I was a kid, you know those waves that just come and they come and then you're pushed under and you're under and under and you can't get out? It's like, well, if you don't have wisdom, if you don't seek wisdom, where do you go? When I'm under the water and I'm turning, I don't know which way's up. I didn't know which way was down. I was just praying I got out. And so I was literally telling her, like, that is is this. If you don't have direction, if you don't know where you're going, which way's up, which way's down, or are you just going to stay in the cycle and keep turning? And hoping you get out. Are you going to stay or are you going to get out and look for wisdom? Because my Bible, my scripture said, God gives it generously to those who ask. You got to ask. Come on. There's like a VBS. They sing the song, if you ask, he can't. No. And then the ask, seek, knock, where it's like ask, seek, knock. That's what God is trying to do. He's saying ask, seek, Knock. If you want wisdom, be resilient. Go through the process, but you got to ask it. You got to ask. You got to have to spend. You have to spend time with me. You have to create the space. Be in prayer. Be in communication. Be in conversation. And then you have to seek. You have to seek my face. You have to seek my response. And then when you're still asking, then knock. Cry louder. Cry harder. Be on your knees. Devote yourself to the scriptures and create. Action. Resilient discipleship requires action. And it requires relationship with God. You have to be in relationship. You have to spend time. If I just married Sam and was like, I love you so much. Okay, that's it. We're married. And I didn't spend time to continuously learn him and continuously learn how our relationship worked. And even as it changes over time, our roles change because that's in relationship. You're ever changing, you're ever growing, you're ever um, expanding. If I didn't take that time, then I wouldn't have the, the mindset of how to navigate properly. It's the same thing. Are you spending time? Are you asking for wisdom from God? The kind of wisdom that God wants to give you. This is a quote from J.J. Packer. The kind of wisdom that God, wants to, God waits to give to those who ask him is wisdom that he will bind us to him. I'm going to read that again. The kind of wisdom that God waits to give to those who ask him is wisdom that binds us to him. So he's saying, ask for wisdom, but it's going to require relationship too. Are you okay with that? 
Are you okay with being refined? Are you okay with bearing your soul? Because relationship isn't just, hey, how you doing on a Sunday and then I'm out. Relationship is, I'm going through this season. I walked through miscarriage. Can you pray with me? Can you cry with me? Can you sit with me? Can you um, write resumes with me when I'm applying to a job? Whatever it is, it's relationship. It's the depth of your soul. It is proximity. Is what you say you believe in line and congruent with what you do? Are you in relationship? Are you becoming a resilient disciple? So James is saying, I'm after resilient discipleship. You can become the person that lives in relationship with God and you embody his nature. You live it out in your everyday life. So that means true wisdom is God is good despite your circumstance. God is good despite what you go through. God is good despite all the things because you're joyful amidst it all. You're choosing joy. Did you guys know Sam said it earlier? And it's so funny. He was up here talking. And I leaned over Grandma Liz. I'm like, he's preaching my whole sermon because he knows it. I talked him through it. Come on. Um, but no, really, he, he mentioned that Jesus was tempted, right? He, 40 days and 40 nights. And what's crazy is he withstood the test. He was tempted. He had all of these things in front of him. And he withstand it, withstood it because... He knew who he was. He knew what the Father said about him. So no matter whatever lie came his way from the enemy, it was hard, but he faced the trial head on. He walked through it, and he came out on the other side. In my notes, I have just like three little points. And the first thing is, if I can encourage you guys with anything, is when you need direction, can you just take time to sit and pray? Silence the noise, silence the distraction, and lean into resilient discipleship. Lean into understanding what God has to say for you. And then number two is that when it feels like you're going through a trial, consider it joy, but also choose to resist the devil and his temptations and his lies and the things that he tries to tell you. Resist it. And then number three is if you're in a space and you know, gosh, this is not where I'm meant to be, God's hand is not over this, literally flee. Don't choose to stay there if you know it's not for you. Flee. I wrote in here like Joseph at Potiphar's house. He, Joseph was, I'm out. Potiphar, you're, you're going to, I'm out. Flee. Like Joseph, when he was in Potiphar's house, leave. Don't be in a space that you know is going to cause you to create fault, to create stumble. Lean into God's presence. Be in his relationship. A real disciple is resilient. Worship, you can come on up. A real disciple takes action. A real disciple has staying power. You can stay and fight the battle, but you also know when, when to run, like Joseph. You know when to run. And a real disciple asks, seeks, knocks, works for that revelation from God. You ask him, you seek his face, you learn his heart, you learn his nature, you become in relationship with him. And a real disciple grows in maturity. Training ground to formation into eternity requires you to go through the trials. But what perspective are you going to have when you go through them? Are you going to be bitter? Are you going to be that person down the road because you're bitter your whole life? Sam says this often, too. It's like, I want to be that person when I'm 80, I'm joyful. 
Well, that's a choosing. You have to suit yourself with joy every day. That's something you choose, no matter what happens. Be joyful, because it's steadfast. It's enduring. It sees you through. Don't be bitter, because bitterness is just a breeding ground for the enemy to just harden your heart, to make it calloused. Allow your life to be a softened heart, a joyful heart, that when trials come your way, you're resilient, but also you lean into community. You lean into what God has in store for you. You lean into his word, and you remember who he's called you to be, what your identity is, who you are, and not what this world says, not what this world tries to tell you, what God is saying to you about who you are. You are good, even though our circumstances may not always seem good. God is good. Because God is good, there's goodness in store. Let's pray. God, I thank you for you, Lord. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, your presence, that in a moment, God, you can encounter our heart. Your word speaks life. And that you call us to more Jesus. You call us to become become more mature disciples. And that you know that we are not without trial, but that you will be with us through the trial, God. God, may we remember to put on joy in every circumstance, even the ones that we don't see the end out of the trial. May we push forward and remember we're not pushing forward through the trial on our own might, that you are with us and you are refining us. You are making us more mature and more whole, God. May we be like gold set through the fire. May we be made more perfect, more whole and complete because what, do you, what you are doing in us, God. Refine us, clean us, make us more pure, but also, God, allow us to be humble before you and open up our heart and our soul.